If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Shabbos to all of you, and what special Shabbos this is. This is the Shabbos of Chaya Sarah. We read about the life of Sarah and the death of Sarah. It's also Shabbos Mavarkham. We bless the new month of Kislev. And Kislev, of course, is the month of miracles. The month that we celebrate the incredible festival of lights. The month that we celebrate the festival of Hanukkah. The festival of Yitesh Kislev. More about that as those festivals arrive. It's a special Shabbos. And therefore, it's important for us to understand what does the Parsha hold for us this week? What Lessons can we learn, and as I say so very often, every single Parsha has a unique and special message to each and every one of us. Not only a special lesson generally, but each Parsha has a special lesson to each and every one of us, because each and every one of us is very different than the other. We might look the same, often behave the same, but each and every one of us is unique, and each and every one of us in order to understand what our unique mission in life is all about, must have a unique lesson in life as well. And this is why, in general, when we study Torah, yes, there is the general lesson that we learn. We also have to investigate and find the unique lesson that is appropriate to each and every one of us. And this is why in the Parsha of Chayasura that we have learned this week and we will be reading tomorrow, we have to find what is the message for me? What is the particular lesson that I can find, that I can learn, that will guide me in my life, each and every one of us, and of course together, how we can go forward. This hasn't been an easy week for the Jewish world because we've lost a great leader. Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, one of the most important Jewish leaders, rabbis in the world, passed away this past Shabbos. It's difficult to imagine that a man of that stature, a man who has contributed so much to the Jewish world, a man who spoke, a man who wrote, a man who brought ideas of complicated dimension in simple language to so many, a man who spoke to the Jewish community and beyond, a great person, a man who served as the chief rabbi of the United Kingdom and Commonwealth for so many years, a man who served as a rabbi and as a rabbi's rabbi, a man who served the Jewish community and beyond is no longer with us in the living, simple sense of the word. And how appropriate it is that his passing takes place during the week of Chayesar. Because even though the simple translation of the word Chayesar means the life of Sarah, in actual fact, the portion speaks about the death of Sarah. It speaks about how long she lived. It speaks about how she was buried, where she was buried. It speaks about the legacy she left behind. Sarah, the first of the matriarchs, the first of the four mothers of the Jewish people. She was the mother who, together with Abraham, changed the world, who, together with Abraham, introduced the idea of ethical monotheism, changed the world by bringing the world to the realization that there is only one God in a world that was idolatrous, in a world that was filled 
with violence in a world that was filled with negativity. She, together with her husband, husband, the great patriarch Abraham, changed the world, reached out and touched the lives of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, and brought them closer to the camp of godliness. And this is the life of Sarah, the legacy she left behind. And this is the life of Sarah, although the Parsha actually speaks about the death of Sarah. And this is the story of Jonathan Sachs as well. Although we speak about the death of Jonathan Sachs, nonetheless, the legacy that he leaves behind is one of great life. He was an extraordinary teacher. Ultimately, what is a rabbi? A rabbi can be a great many different things, but a rabbi essentially is a teacher. Through example, through word, spoken word, written word, a rabbi teaches. And what does a rabbi teach? A rabbi teaches the words of Torah. He may use all sorts of other areas of knowledge to portray, to present the words of Torah. But essentially, what is a rabbi? A rav, a rabbi, is a teacher. He teaches the word of Hashem. He teaches the words of Torah. And when you bring the words of Torah to a great multitude, when you bring the words of Torah, not only to a great multitude, but you influence their lives, you change their lives, you bring light into their lives, you show them that Torah is the great purpose of life. This is the quality of a rabbi, of a great rabbi. And Jonathan Sachs was just that. He taught rabbis. He taught Jewish communities. He taught beyond the Jewish community. He taught people about what the value of Torah is all about. And this is why today's show I'm going to dedicate to some of his ideas, to some of his teachings, to talk about what in fact he said, what he wrote, what he taught, why it influenced the lives of so many people, what his great contribution is. And even though an hour show is not nearly enough to portray the greatness, the complexity of this great teacher, it will indicate in some small measure what in fact he stood for and what he gave each and every one of us. In many ways, he was the rabbi's rabbi. I speak of behalf of myself and so many of my colleagues, we took so much from his words, not only because he was a master of articulating ideas, not only because he used the English language in such a perfect way, he used combination of words in such an excellent method, but the ideas that he put into those words, into those sentences, conveyed deep and powerful ideas and thoughts. You know, philosophy, theology, things that go beyond the normal concept of reason and logic, these are complicated ideas. And to take complicated ideas, put them into language which is reasonable, logical, understood, that even minds that aren't as developed begin to appreciate the depth, the quality, the greatness of that thought, this is what a teacher is all about. And what made him an outstanding teacher? What made him outstanding was what in fact is the ultimate training for a teacher. 
The ultimate training for a teacher is that in order to be a good teacher, indeed to be a great teacher, you have to be a good, indeed a great student. And what is astute in Hebrew, a Talmud? A Talmud is one who has the humility to receive information with a tremendous sense of, I need to receive because I don't know. And that is humility. Humility is perhaps the single most important aspect that a student can have. It's not the IQ. It's not the type of mind that you have. It's not the type of brain that you possess. It's not the eagerness and passion for study. It's the humility, the preparedness to listen and to listen with a tremendous sense of reception, with a tremendous sense of I want to know what this teacher is in fact telling me. This is primary to developing a sense of learning. Yes, of course, the greater the mind, the more you will receive. Of course, the greater the passion, the more you will love that which you will receive. But the underlying factor is humility. And this is so important because whenever I take a look at one of the, well, the videos where he speaks or where he is given awards, Jonathan Sachs displays a tremendous sense of humility. And I can see him as a student. I can see him as one who is receiving that knowledge and information at a younger age. When I say a younger age, I don't mean necessarily as a student. While he was a student at university or at yeshiva. But throughout his life, the way he led his life, he led his life with a tremendous sense of humility, a preparedness to receive. Indeed, at the funeral, his daughter said he was a person who learned from every other person. As the Mishnah says, who in fact is the Chacham, the wise man, one who learns from everyone. And because of that, he became a great teacher. Because the more humility you have of a student, the more ability you have to communicate that which you have learned to another. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. I'm talking about Jonathan Sachs, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, former chief rabbi of the UK and the Commonwealth, the great rabbi who passed away this past Shabbos. Those of you who are familiar with Chabad will know that normally this Shabbos, most shluchim, most emissaries of the Rebbe, would not be at their normal posts. They would be in New York, in Brooklyn, at the annual Kinus HaShluchim, the conference of the Rebbe's emissaries, that takes place during this Shabbos in New York, where over 5,000 shluchim come together to plan, to talk, to share, to celebrate, and to enjoy a time together. I would be there. I'm normally there. But this year, because of the circumstances, Everything is done by digital remote technology. And this conference, which began on, on Thursday morning, is already in full swing. And we are enjoying whatever there is to, uh, to see on that and to participate in the fullest sense of the word. The Shluchim here in South Africa, we had our own conference all day on Wednesday. 
a very exciting conference from early Wednesday morning till very late on Wednesday night, where we discussed important issues that confront the entire community, our own community, and what Shluchim need to know and talk about during this time. And because of that, because the Shluchim conference is taking place, I spent much of this morning listening to what Jonathan said, Sachs spoke about at the Shluchim keynote some years ago where he was the keynote speaker. And the reason I did that, because I remember that speech very well. And it was a speech that he spoke about his personal life, his relationship with the Rebbe, the influence that that relationship had upon his life, his professional life, and how it impacted not only upon himself, but upon his ability to become the leader that he did. Now, one of the things that we know, all of us know, he was an extraordinary leader. He was a person who had incredible influence, not only on himself, not only upon his followers, not only upon his congregation, but as chief rabbi, the entire Jewish community, and as a result of his incredible eloquent style and thought, he became a leading figure in the Jewish community throughout the world. But as he himself says, he decided to reach out beyond the Jewish community. And one of the important things that he learned, he says in that speech, is that non-Jews respect the Jews who respect the Judaism, and non-Jews are embarrassed by Jews who are embarrassed by the Judaism. And this is something he said which is so important for Jewish people to understand. That ultimately, if they want to gain the respect of the world, they have to be respectful of that which they are. And if they reject or are embarrassed by that which they are, they might think that they are being accepted by an external community, but in actual fact they are not. And he had every right to say that because of his incredible influence in the non-Jewish world. His influence was beyond. He spoke on BBC. He had a monthly column in the in the Times, the London Times. He had tremendous influence in the non-Jewish world. He befriended people like Prince Charles, Tony Blair, the Lords, members of Parliament, leaders. People flocked to hear what he had to say. When he was given, when he was awarded the Templeton Prize, the Templeton Prize is given to an individual on an annual basis who made the greatest contribution of bringing spirituality to the world when he was given that prize. One of the people who introduced him said that whenever he was called to speak at a particular event, they often had to change the venue because normally they had only a few people who would come to a lecture. But if people heard that Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs was going to speak, more and more people, there were one time, they had to change the venue three times because of the huge amount of people who came to listen to what he had to say. Most of them were not Jewish. And this is something which he repeated very often throughout his writings, his teachings, his speaking. The necessity for a Jew to be proud of who he is, what he stands for, and what he believes in. Because not only does that give you a tremendous sense of personal identity, 
but it creates a tremendous sense of respect among those around you as well. Now, where did this come from? Where did this idea come from? And he begins with an incredible story. When he was a student at Cambridge, a second year, a sophomore student, he decided to travel throughout America by bus uh, to visit as many religious leaders as he could to hear what they had to say about various philosophical and theological questions that he had. And he traveled across America. He came to see the Rebbe, which is a story in itself. He came to see the Rebbe and he put his questions to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe heard his questions and answered his questions. And then he said, the Rebbe did something that no other religious leader, Jewish or non-Jewish, did. He turned around and began to ask me questions. He asked me, how many Jewish students are there at Cambridge? And how many are involved in Judaism? And then he asked me, when he heard about the small number of Jews that were involved in Judaism at Cambridge, he says, what are you doing to change that? And he answered that, well, he said, the English have the incredible ability to put into the most elegant language reasons for why they do nothing. He said, in the situation that I find myself, and he said the Rebbe did something unexpected, he interrupted him. And the Rebbe said to him, a Jew doesn't find himself in a situation. A Jew puts himself in a situation. And therefore, a Jew can take himself out of a situation and put himself into a different situation. And he said, at that moment, I realized what the Rebbe was doing. He was challenging me to take myself out of a situation and put myself into another situation. Now, for a man like Jonathan Sachs, who received a double first in philosophy as a great academic at Cambridge University, this took tremendous humility. He could have simply rejected the Rebbe's words, well, wise words from a great rabbi, but the journey of his life had taken a particular road. And he could have said, I have a different way that I am going to develop my life. But because of his humility, his sincerity, he listened carefully to the Rebbe. And because of that, he took the words of the Rebbe to heart. And that began a new journey in his life. And while he said it took time until it fully developed, that was a major turning point in his life. We all hear words of greatness, don't we? We all hear words of wisdom. But do we have the courage, the humility, and the wisdom to change as a result of the words that we hear? Do we? More than often not. How often are we inspired at the moment by something that we hear? A great sermon, a great speech, a great lecture. And we walk away uplifted, inspired. But how many of us have the courage and the humility to move and to change? Not many. Ten years later, 
he was at another crossroads in his life. He had to make a decision what he was going to do with his life, he says. It was 1978. And he had three choices in his life. And he was going to go see the Rebbe and put these three choices to the Rebbe as to which direction his life should take. And the first, of course, was the world of academia, to become an academic, to become a fellow at his Cambridge College and become a professor. The second was economics. He studied economics and he thought perhaps he should become an economist and he would become a great economist. And the third was he belonged to one of the illegal temples and perhaps he should pursue the world of law by becoming a barrister, ultimately an advocate. And he came to see the Rebbe and he put down these three choices after careful consideration. Becoming an academic, becoming an economist, or becoming a barrister. And the Rebbe looked at him and rejected all three and said to him, you should become a rabbi, a rav. Now think about it. An academic, an economist, or a barrister. And the Rebbe says, become a rabbi. And not only a rabbi, but to teach other rabbis. And that's what he did. An act of tremendous humility. As an aside, he said, ultimately, all three came true. He became fellow of his university, of his college. He holds three professorships. He held three professorships, one at Cambridge and two at Oxford. He became a lecturer for the great colleges of economics at London and also a lecturer at the great schools of law where the barristers are taught. This is something, again, which tells us how important humility is, no matter who you are, no matter where you stand. The greater your humility as a student, the greater your ability as a teacher. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. I'm talking about Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, a teacher, a man of great learning, an incredible mind, but a man of unbelievable humility. A person who taught, a person who shared, a person who wrote, a person who spoke, a person who listened to the river. And when the moment came in his life when he was offered the job of becoming the chief rabbi of the United King, and there were pros and cons, he himself speaks about it. He once more turned to the river and asked the river if he should accept this position and the Rebbe said, yes, he should. And the rest, of course, is history. And what do we learn from all of this? He, you know, he wrote so much. There is so much available on video of the incredible speeches that he made on almost every single topic, philosophical, theological, concept of Judaism, festivals, etc., etc. What do we learn? What do I see? What is the recurring theme in so much of what he wrote and what he said? That he says, the power for each and every one of us 
to bring about change. Each and every one of us has the opportunity to bring about change. We have to recognize the incredible power that we possess. Even though we might look ordinary and simple, each and every one of us possesses a tremendous dimension of energy and power. He heard that from the Rebbe when he was a student. And the Rebbe said to him, a Jew doesn't find himself in a situation. A Jew puts himself into a situation and he can put himself in another situation. A Jew has the choice to bring about change. Change within yourself and change within your environment. And this is a recurring theme that we hear and read in so much of what he taught. Tremendous loss. A tremendous loss to the Jewish people. But we have to remember the following. As I said at the beginning, the Parsha is Chayasara, but in actual fact, the portion of the week speaks about the death of Sarah. But we learn very quickly that the death of Sarah is not the end of Sarah. It's just the beginning. It's the life of Sarah. It's the legacy. She leaves behind the son Yitzchak, who carries on the tradition, the legacy of Abraham and Sarah, and brings about the next generation of the patriarch and the matriarch, Rebecca, which brings about the continuation, the genuine, authentic continuation of the Jewish people. And this is what life is really all about. Life is temporary. You know, theologians and philosophers have forever debated and discussed, is there life after death? And while that might be an important question that we have to grapple with and from time to time try to understand, it's not nearly as important as the question, is there life before death? Because death is inevitable. Death is as much part of life as life is part of life. The question is, what do we do with life? That will define what happens at death. And when you live a life which is full, when you live a life that is complete, when you live a life that leaves behind a legacy, whether it be the written word, the spoken word, chilled, whatever it is, it leaves behind a genuine legacy that continues that which you stand for. That is life, and that life is eternal, and that life continues. Death is not the end of life. It's a moment of change. There is a body, there is a soul, there is resurrection, there's the coming of Mashiach. Death is not the end. The question is, how did you live your life? How do you live your life? And what will you leave behind? Will it be some sort of vague memory, what a wonderful person he or she was? This is what Chayis Sarah is all about. The life of Sarah is the death of Sarah, because within the death of Sarah we begin to see the greatness of her life, how she lived and what she left behind, and how it continues. This is what Jonathan Sachs accomplished in his life. The great volume of words that he brought into being, written and spoken, his ideas, his thoughts, the great personality that he had, his eloquence, his teaching, his his ability to share ideas, the incredible charisma that he had by becoming the leader that he was, the humility that he had enabled him to become the great person that he was, the leader that he was. The fact that he attributed so much of that to him being a chassid of the Rebbe 
and taking the Rebbe's guidance and advice at crucial moments in his life than what it meant to him. And this is why we have to understand that this Parsha is so important. It's not merely looking at, well, the life and death of Sarah. It gives us insight into what life is all about, what every moment is all about, what we should be doing with life. And it doesn't mean that we have to be overly burdened with a serious attitude toward life, but we have to live life correctly. And we shouldn't take a frivolous look at life. We shouldn't take, well, a cynical look at life. Neither should we take a negative look at life. Life is there for us to produce wonderful and great things. Life is there for us to somehow teach the next generation, our children, our students. And everyone is our students because we, in actual fact, are teachers in whatever we do. Our example, our words, influence others in one way or another. We have to recognize that we can bring about change and we have to encourage others to bring about good and positive change as well. Jonathan Sachs will be remembered for a very long time because he left behind a huge volume of knowledge. But he will be remembered not only because of the knowledge that he left behind, but because of the person that he was, the example that he was. And this is why when, whether you're at home or at shul, and most of you are probably going back to shul already, when you're in shul tomorrow and you hear the story of Chai Sod and how she was buried and where she was buried and what she left behind, use that example, not necessarily to mourn for Sarah and to grieve for Sarah, although you should take a moment for that as well, but look to the life of Sarah. At a hundred, she was like twenty. At twenty, she was like seven. There was that perfection of life. There was that greatness of life. There was that fullness of life. There was that greatness that she left behind. The eternity of life. That what was all about. May each and every one of us be blessed that we recognize that virtue of life, that vitality of life, to make it great, to make it positive. And not necessarily only to leave it behind, but to live life with a sense of fullness, so that which we leave behind is great as well. Chaya Sarah, the life of Sarah. Although we speak about the death of Sarah, it's a life of Sarah. The chance.